According to some of the tzaddikim, Shabbos Chazayin is the hechtet Shabbos of the whole year. It's higher than, than any other Shabbos. Of course, there's so many other Shabbos in the Shabbos Agodol, you know, and, and Shabbos Shuvah. There's so many different Shabbosim that have uniqueness. But as we were discussing, that there's a procedure of different development that we are supposed to develop ourselves that during the three weeks that each Shabbos is supposed to catapult us and to get us to change ourselves and be aware of what we need to adjust in order to become close to Kosh Baruch Hu. A lot of people say, how do I cry over the base? I, mean, I don't even feel, you know, when, when, when they had corona and you couldn't go to shul, no, no, Davin at home. Where, where are we in our relationship to understanding the value of a shul, let alone a basic mikdash? It doesn't always speak to everybody. But I think that this Shabbos is called Shabbos Chazon. And we discussed the first Shabbos is, is Diva Yirmiyahu, and the second one was Shimud Varsham. The first piece we worked on speech. The second we were working on how to hear things, how to listen, how to take the message. And this Shabbos is how to look at things. Chazon Yishayel Ben the vision. We've got to develop ourselves to become visionary, to see the future. It's so interesting. They they say this story about the uh, the Panavicharov. Panavicharov after World War II, came to B'nai Brak, and he decided he's going to buy land, and he bought this little mountain, sand dune mountain, and he's like trying to raise funds, and people say, what do you want to do here? He says, I'm going to build a yeshiva here. A yeshiva? I'm going to build a cheder here. I'm going to build a base Yaakov here. He wanted to build everything. He wanted to build an orphanage. Everybody's laughing at him. It's in the middle of nowhere. In those times, there was nothing there. But he had a vision. That's one type of vision. It's to see the future. Ezu chacham Who's a wise person? Somebody who sees the future. It means that I have this vision of what I want my future to be. And that's why we say, it's an interesting thing, when they come up to Shemaim, it doesn't say, did you wait for Mashiach? It doesn't say, Chikisa Yeshua. It says, Tzipisa Yeshua. Tzoyfe means looking from afar. Har HaTzoyfim, the mount of, I think, Scopus, they translate in Latin, but having that scope, that vision, that view of things from afar. What do I want my future to be like? Tzipisa Yeshua, am I looking, oh, maybe this is going to get us closer to Mashiach, this is going to be that extra thing. Gamliel was selling a, a mice, just a parable to understand, you know, we've been waiting and we're waiting and waiting. How do we, when is it going to come? So he told the marshal, a guy had, you know, he had in his, uh, in his pockets, he had all these little notes and, and things and like was filled with all kinds of stuff and, and he knew that he put a check, there was a check there for a hundred grand, a hundred thousand dollars. And he's like looking for it, and he's like going.
going through one thing after other. And he had mamash, I think it was like a thousand, over a thousand pieces. And he's checking and checking each one, opening, unfolding each one. And when he got to uh, 800, so, you know, he was like, all right, that's it. That's it, it's over. I, I checked 800 pieces, I didn't find it. So if you're his friend, you're going to say, are you nuts? You had about 1,000 pieces. You got 800. It's going to be in the next 200. So keep on going. He says, Kosh Borhu has told us the goal is going to be long. He didn't say how long it is, but we know that Shis Alfin Shnin Havi Alma, 6,000 years the world is going to be. That right now we're in 5782. That means there's 217 and a half years left. A little over 200, 217 years till the year 6,000. That means we've gone through 5,782 5, things checking and we didn't get the big check. Don't give up. It seems like, oh, after all this, we keep on striking out. You know, a lot of times you think the odds become less. No, the odds are becoming more and more. With each year, we're getting closer and closer to the Geula. And... Um, are we anticipating it? And I think that that's something that that um, Shabbos not Shabbos not Shabbos Shabbos Chazon Shabbos Chazon is supposed to teach us. Am I looking? Oh, maybe the next one, the next one will get will get us closer there. Maybe it'll be maybe the next year, the next month, the next year, the next day. will be zeicher to have the geula. So I just wanted to share that idea about one aspect of Chazon. But there's another aspect of Chazon. And that is how we look at each other and how we look at ourselves. Now, I know that it says in the Swarm you shouldn't be looking in the mirror, right? It's uh, not a, a virtuous thing, especially for men. For women, you know, it might be different halachas. But for men, you know, it's not the best thing. Is it? The many ballet musser would have a, a, a mirror by the door just to check, okay, everything's in order, I'm tucked in, everything, you know. But it wasn't to like, ah, oh, look, ah. Oh. It was practical. Just make sure I don't make a chilol Hashem when I go out and I'm doing what I got to do. But looking at ourselves, I got to like think, am I where I want to be? What's my vision for myself? And if I look at myself and say, Oi, I'm a, I'm, I'm a destructed place. I'm a churban. I remember that, uh, thinking when I was a bacher in yeshiva, I had one choice. I could have pushed and pushed and pushed to stay extra in yeshiva, but instead I ended up, you know, I did stay a little extra longer, but I ended up going back and wonder, always wonder, what would have been if I would have pushed a little bit more? Where would I be now? Maybe I'd be much more serious, maybe much more accomplished, maybe much more adept at doing what I feel my tachlis is. But of course, after said we don't like look, if only I would have done that. I'm just saying that we have to say, like, what would, what would we want to be? And... I know I got a lot to improve on. And I think that sometimes some, we take solace and say, oh, at least I'm, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and Baruch Hashem, you should recognize 
you have to recognize the good things you do and don't discount them. But at the same time, we can't have complacency. You say, what, what is the dogma? What kind of image am I, am I leaving for my progeny? My kinderlich, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, how are they going to look and see? Oh, he's a nice guy, you know, yeah. Yeah, he was, but he was like, uh, he's really into his watches, you know, he's got this watch that's worth $3.4 million, you know, wow. And his car collection, he had four different Bugattis from each year, from, from the first year, like, wow, ah, Gavaldi, what a, what a man. Is that the vision? Is that the image you want to set? Or is the image something of somebody, wow, this guy gave of himself. This guy loved people. He was always there for others. Yes, he knew how to have a good time, but he would put everything down to help another yid. I was, uh, had a very frustrating occurrence today you know, Baruch Hashem, I was to be a shliach to to distribute funds for people for Shabbos, and I had such siyad I was I went from one person and I came out and there was somebody uh, who I, who I gift two people at one time and like you know meeting people all over the place. It was a huge siyad And then the last person I wanted to get in touch with. He wasn't answering his phone and this, that, and the other. And this guy is, is probably one of the biggest nebuchs, but he might be the biggest of the Lamed Vav Tzadikim. And it was, it was such a frustrating thing. I, I d- drove, you know, he said he's not in the area. He didn't want to bother me. So I said, no, I'll come, I'll drive to you. And it, it's something that it was very trying because the person's mentality Nebuch is, is a very difficult mentality. His mamash has a very challenging life. And it would have been so much easier, oh, you know, just to say, no, it's not happening. But I had to push, I had to work, I had to work and say, like, no, i got to get, get him, him, it'll be important. I'll help him, it'll help with Shabbos, it'll take care, it'll, whatever it is, the situation, it'll maybe lighten his load. And... Um, and, so, and, and then, like, it was so late and there was so much things and he really wanted to just sit and schmooze and he wanted me to park my car so he could talk to me and I was like, oh, it's not an easy challenge. And uh, I'm not sure, I hope I did the right thing. But, um, you know, what, what do we want to do? How do we want to be... How do we see ourselves and how do we see where we want to go? And are we heading in that direction? So that's one another idea about Chazon. I want to just share with you another idea, though, that I think is really, really crucial. And that is that in the Parsha, it says, V'tiragnu bo'aleichem, in the beginning of Dvarim, in uh, chapter Aleph, um, which Pasek is it? It says, V'tiragnu bo'aleichem, that you kind of, Rashi brings down, he says that, what happened was you created problems. Moshe Rabbeinu was giving Musr to the Kalal Yisrael. And he says that, you know, you, you really created major problems and you said, I'll just read you for you Rashi. Rashi says, Lataragnu is Lashon Hara. 
וכן דברי נרגן. אדם המוציא דיבה. And it, only to give you because Hashem wants to kill us. He wants to decimate us. Now, where, where, do, where do they get this from? How do they come up with that Hashem hates them? And Rashi says, But he really loved you. Moshe says, No, you guys thought it wrong. He really loved you, but you thought he hated you. And, um, and Rashi brings down, Mashal Hedya Domer, he says, uh, you can see that simple people say, what is in your heart about somebody else is what his, he's thinking about you. And I think that this is, you know, it's like uh, the way you think of others, other people think of you. And I think that it was because they had such a... They hated themselves. And I think that this is the problem. If it's true, Rashi is saying that they, they claimed Hashem hated them, it's because either that they means... Simple terms, it means they hated Hashem. But I think it also means that they hated themselves. They were self-hating Jews. What do I mean by that? It's that they saw themselves. They saw only the negative in themselves. They saw their flaws. They saw that the fact that they had been in Mitzrayim and they were serving Vodazar and they came out and they really didn't feel they so righteous. They felt they saw all the negative about themselves. And therefore they thought that's how Hashem looks at them. I want to say that I think that it's important that we see when you see something negative about yourself Don't use that to define yourself. Even if I've done it a billion times, it doesn't mean that I am a person who says, Chazal themselves say that there's nobody who has gone a day, basically. I mean, of course, there's a few, nine people that died without sin, but everybody fails in Avaklash and Hara. There's a little bit of Avaklash and Hara. You give like, Uh, you know, in one of those expressions, that's a vaklash and horror. And, but if a person says, Oi, I'm a real lush and horror addict, I love that vaklash and horror. And you think, I'm, I'm a loser, there's no way I'm going to stop, forget about it, why bother? Hashem's never going to be happy with me because I always mess up. I don't think that's what Hashem wants. I think wants, Hashem wants us to say, Ooh, I missed it again. Okay? Let me see. What could I do to stop it? What could I do to avoid falling prey to Lashon Har or Vak Lashon Har? Or whatever it is that I might fall prey, prey to. But don't define myself. I'm a person who is a Lashon Har person. I have to... Klal Yisrael could be that they looked at themselves that way. There's a... The, could be there's a, a Taish in the Gomorrah also that we know Al-Kantav Bar-Kantav Necher Yerushalayim why was the second bias destroyed is because of Kantav Bar-Kantav that Bar-Kantav 
Kamsa, the famous story is that this fellow, we don't know his name, we'll call him Ploni. Ploni Almoni, he's making a simcha, and he tells the servant, go bring Kamsa. And the guy, he went to, he saw somebody's house, Bar Kamsa, he didn't know his first name, last name, whatever, so he said, oh, he goes and he gives him an invitation, come, my master wants you to come to Simcha. So he, who comes to Simcha? It's Bar Kamsa instead of Kamsa. And when he comes into the hall, he's so happy that he got an invitation to this guy who doesn't really, they don't have the best relationship, and they thought, oh, maybe this guy's trying to make up. All right, so he invited me, it's so nice. He sits himself down, takes a, a, a what do they call it, a barekas, I guess, if it was an Eretz Yisrael, you know. Um, and he's munching, and all of a sudden, the host sees the guy he hates, Bar Kamta, and he runs over and says, what are you doing here? And he says, well, I mean, your servant came to my house and asked me to come. My servant came to your house? Are you nuts? You know what, uh, what we think about each other? Get out of here. He says, listen, I'm here. I'll pay for the meal. Don't worry about it. You know, what are you talking about? Pay me. Get out. He says, I'll pay, I'll pay for half of the whole suda. No, it's not nice. What are you doing? Throwing me out. It's, it's, he says, get out of here. And then the guy said, you know, I'll pay for the whole suda. What are you doing? Get out. And the commotion rises and he just gets up in a huff and he leaves. And the story goes, I think everybody knows the story, but just in case, I'll try to give a kitzer. He went to the Romans and he says, you know, the Jews, he, he, the Jews will never accept a korban from you. So what are you talking about? They've done it in the past. He says, ah, they're probably not going to do it. So they sent him with a, a korban to bring back to the Jews. And he went and made a blemish in the animal, in a place that is not considered a blemish for the goyim, and part of the eye, eyelids, and the, and the lips, or whatever, but for the yidden, the yidden check, it's, it's a moon. So when there came time to see whether or not they could accept the korban, they said, we can't accept the korban. And he was able to say to the, the Romans, see, they're not taking your korban. Now, it says that when, when at, what got him so incensed was because is the rabbis were sitting there, and they nobody stood up for him. Nobody stood up and like said, you know, maybe we should like settle this afterwards. Let's let's keep the peace. You know, after all, it's the nine days. No, whatever. You know, what are you doing? And um, he says he felt that the rabbis are agreed with him that this is the way it should be, and that's not the way it should be. Interesting enough. It's Al Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. It's not about the Balabais who started the thing rolling, who I think was a bit egregious. Right? I think he was out of control. Uh, yes, Bar Kamsa was, took it to the next level and definitely went way beyond what he should have done. But there's no blame to the Balabais, which is really fascinating. We're not going to talk about that right now. But he went. Some of the Mephorshim want to say that Baal de Bave, you know, is that if you look at the Rashi, it's almost like that he was, they were in a quarrel. And it seems to be that there was somebody that he hated, not that he hated, but that he was hated by him. It was like Bar Kamta hated the Balabais. And therefore the Balabais hated Bar Kamta.
So, I'm not, again, I'm not throwing the blame. Only, only, you know, it's not acceptable just because somebody else hates you doesn't mean you have the right to go and hate them. But that's the nature is that when somebody hates you, you know, it's hard to, to love them. And it could be that that's part of our problem also, is that we don't love each other. And in, in a strange way, we also don't know how to love ourselves properly. Sometimes we have a egocentric problem. We love ourselves too much, you know, whatever. But it's it's almost like making up for the fact that I have this low self esteem because I also know I'm have a lot of things I should be doing better. And I think of myself as a loser and a and a sinner and a bad guy. So we have to understand if I do sins and do things which are not gishmak. Does that make me a sinner and a bad guy? Or do I have to say, like, hmm, I messed up? So it could be that one of the things we have to look at in Shabbos Chazon, Akash Baruch who's giving us on Tisha B'Av, tonight is Tisha B'Av, but we can't fast. We can't uh, uh, abstain from meat and wine. There are certain things, but sinna, certain things, private issues that... Uh, most people on Tisha B'Av, Shabbos that, chal, that falls out on Tisha B'Av, they, they'll be abstaining from. But um, in, in, in general, there's no semblance of Avelis on Tisha B'Av. That's on Shabbos. So what does Hashem want us to do? Hashem wants to take a look at ourselves and say, look, on Tisha B'Av, I'm giving you an ability to try to see things different. See yourselves different. If you see yourself as a victim of being hated or you think that Hashem hates you or because you hate yourself or you hate Hashem or whatever it is, the reason that you have this low self-esteem and you feel bad about yourself and you don't like yourself. This is the Shabbos when Hashem is saying, look, guys, I, I don't want you to fast on Tisha B'Av. I wish that I could bring Mashiach. Shabbos we know is me'ein oilam haba. Shabbos is that time that's like, it's like a get, it's a way to get to the world to come. It's almost like Mashiach times Shabbos. It's almost like a, the base Hamikdash in time. As if on Shabbos when we have Shabbos, as if there is a base Hamikdash to a certain degree in in the realm of of time. So Hashem should bless us that we should be able to look at things properly. Well, we mentioned last week that the Bechia Shalchinam, crying for naught, happened on the night of Tisha B'av. Instead of crying for, for your own despair, you could cry for the fact, oh yeah, Hashem, I wish I was better. Help me get better. But if you cry, oh, I am such a bad guy. I'm hopeless and it's worthless and there's no chance. And you're crying over spilled milk. That's not what's going to do it. Cry, Hashem, I want to be better. Hashem, help me be better. It's all about the future. Bechiel Adoras, thinking about the future. And Hashem should bless us all that we should be Zochazayin. Tataka, see ourselves differently. See Hashem differently. See each other differently. Always looking at the positive. Tov, ayin, huyivarach. A person with a good eye not only is blessed, but will bless and Hashem should bless us to develop that with a good eye on this Shabbos Chazon to see everything in a better way. 
and see how much Hashem really loves us, to think that Hashem hates us, Hashem loves us, and He wants us to improve and see ourselves the way we really want to be. And Hashem should help us all develop the proper way, the proper perspective, the proper vision. And Hashem should help us, each and every one of us, do what we need to do to bring us closer to the day that we'll all be zorah to see Mashiach to Kenya with the binyan base of Mikdash from here remain. Amen.